0: All right, thank you for tuning in. What I want to do in this video is introduce you to my ministry, Convincing Proof. I want to tell you a little bit about myself and tell you what Convincing Proof is all about. Now, first of all, a little bit about me. So I went to the University of Nebraska here in Lincoln. I studied finance and actuarial science, and I worked in that field for about 10 years after college here in Lincoln. I worked in the field of actuarial science. But around the age of 30, God called me into full-time ministry. And I served as a pastor, a Southern Baptist pastor for eight years. But in the year 2017, I stepped down from pastoral ministry to do this type of ministry full-time, a ministry of apologetics. In the year 2020, just a few months ago, I graduated with my PhD in philosophy of religion to help me better do this sort of ministry full-time, this ministry of apologetics, which I call, the ministry I've started, I call Convincing Proof. Now in my Convincing Proof ministry, I focus mostly on two things. I focused on writing and speaking. So I write, um, I try to write books and articles, blog posts, papers. I try to write and then I try to speak. So I get opportunities to speak at churches, universities, classrooms, wherever I get a chance to uh, teach, then I use those opportunities both in my writing and speaking, mostly to try to encourage folks to trust in Jesus Christ as their savior. That's my main goal. That's the main purpose of my ministry is to encourage people and point them to faith in Jesus Christ. But a uh, a side goal is to try to give reasons and evidence to believe that Jesus's message is true. So what is Jesus's message? What did he say during his ministry? Well, Jesus's primary message is, starts off with some bad news. Basically, he said, according to the New Testament, Jesus said that our relationship with God is, is broken and it's our fault. So the bad choices that we've made, the uh, evil desires that we've had, all the moral failures that we've all done have broken our relationship with God. So Jesus' message starts off with a downer, starts off with bad news, that our relationship with with God is broken. But Jesus' message also has good news. And the good news is that even though we're moral failures, even though, as the New Testament says, we are enemies of God, the good news is that he still loves us. And because he still loves us, he sent his son, Jesus Christ, to live the perfect life that we never could, and then to die on the cross to pay the penalty that we deserve for our moral failures. See, God is a perfect moral being he's a perfect righteous judge and so he has to punish evil and because of our imperfect moral choices because of our moral failures we are evil and so God must punish us but thankfully Jesus Christ as God's son stepped in to history and took that punishment for us took that penalty that we deserved and paid for it on the cross Now, the other good news about Jesus' message is that he said, whoever uh, trusts in him will be forgiven of their moral failures and be reconciled back to God, welcome into heaven to enjoy a relationship with God for all eternity forward. I made this choice to trust in Christ myself when I was about 17 years old. So I was about 17, it was the year 1994, And two fellow teenagers, Jeremy and Iris, sat down and and talked to me about these things. And they asked me a question that changed my life. And so I like to ask this question of others whenever I get the chance. But here's what Jeremy and Iris asked me. They said, if you were standing before God right now and he asked you, why should I let you into heaven, what would you say to him? So I'll ask you the same question. What would you say if God asked you, why should you be allowed into heaven? Well, I'll tell you what I said. I I told Jeremy and Iris that God would probably let me into heaven because I, I was a pretty good guy. I had never robbed a bank, I had never murdered anybody, I had never done any of those big sins. So I was pretty good, and therefore God would let me into heaven. That's what I thought, that's what I told them. But they showed me from the New Testament, from Jesus' own words, that that wasn't good enough. That God's moral standard is perfection. That the only way somebody could go to heaven on their own is to be absolutely perfect. That's what Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5, 48. To be perfect, therefore, as my Heavenly Father is perfect. So that's the standard of getting into heaven. And I was a bit frustrated at that. I told them, look, nobody's perfect. And they said, that's the point. That's that's exactly right. That's the point. Because none of us are perfect, that's why God stepped into history and provided a way for us to be perfect forgiven through Jesus Christ. See, they explained that I was—I had faith, I, I was trusting in something, but I was trusting in the wrong thing. I was trusting in what I could do to earn my way to heaven, where they explained, according to Jesus, that instead I should put my faith and trust in what he did for me. So that night, February 4th, 1994 is when I became a Christian because I made that decision to trust in Christ instead of what I could do to earn my way to heaven. Now as I said, the second part of my ministry is to provide good reasons and evidence to believe that this message from Jesus is actually true. A lot of times when I tell people uh, Jesus' message, they ask me the question, well how do I know that's really true? And I think that's a fair question. I think that's a legitimate question. In fact, that that was a question that I struggled with a lot all throughout my 20s. So I was a Christian, but I was uh, struggling with the question, how do I know this is really true? And it was through that struggling in my own life that I came upon this type of ministry called apologetics. And that's simply what apologetics is, is providing good reasons and evidence to believe that Jesus' message is true. I came to learn through that process that even Jesus himself never asked anybody to trust in him blindly. He never asked people to take a blind leap of faith, just close your eyes and, and take a blind leap of faith. No, Jesus himself gave A lot of good reasons and evidence to believe that he was really God in the flesh and that his message of salvation his message of forgiveness through faith in him was actually true now one of the primary evidences that Jesus gave was his own resurrection so the Bible explains how after Jesus died on the cross he rose from the dead and that this event, Jesus' resurrection, is actually one of the good reasons and evidence to believe his message is true. I chose the the name for my ministry, Convincing Proof, from one of these verses. So in the book of Acts in the New Testament, Acts 1-3, it says that Jesus presented himself alive after his suffering, after his death on the cross, he presented himself alive to his disciples by many convincing proofs, giving them many convincing proofs, appearing to them over a period of 40 days. So that's why I chose a convincing proof as the name of my ministry, because I I feel like Jesus and his disciples, I want to give people good reasons and evidence to believe this is true. Later on, in Acts 17, Paul is talking with a group of Greek philosophers. And after he encouraged them to trust in Christ, he told them that God had furnished proof of this message to all people by raising Jesus from the dead. So the resurrection of Jesus is one of those reasons, one of those evidences to believe that his message is true. Now, there's several different types of apologetics. There's historical apologetics, where you're looking at historical evidences for things. There's scientific apologetics, where you're looking at uh, scientific evidence, maybe for the existence of God. And then there's philosophical apologetics, and that's what I actually specialize in. So my PhD is in the area of philosophy of religion, and so I specialize in building and crafting philosophical arguments to argue Um, and try to show that Christianity is true. So philosophical reasons and evidence to believe that Christianity is true. So if you'd like to check out my ministry more, uh, Convincing Proof, you can go to convincingproof.org is my website, and then my YouTube channel here, my Convincing Proof YouTube channel, where I'm trying to put all of my lectures and sermons and videos, and then my website will include those as well as all of my Uh, Writing that I've tried to put together here. I would appreciate it if you would like and subscribe Share my videos because that will give me a chance to help more people It's the way I view my ministry is serving others with the gifts and abilities that God has given me So if you like subscribe and share these videos it gives me a chance to reach and help more people the first video that I would recommend that you watch is a sermon that I preached at Heritage Bible Church in the summer of 2020. And it's a sermon that I titled The Greatest Sermon of All Time. Now, not, not my sermon. My sermon's not the greatest sermon of all time. But in that sermon, I walk you through the greatest sermon of all time, which of course is Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. Matthew 5, 6, and 7, which many, including many non-Christians, have agreed is the best sermon of all time. So take a look at that. It's called uh, The Greatest Sermon of All Time. That'd be a great place to start if you wanna check out some of my videos and then feel free. We're trying to put as many videos out there as possible to share Jesus's message and then to give good reasons and evidence to believe that Jesus's message is in fact true. Thanks so much.